It's gonna feel real good Gonna make a difference Gonna make it right And as I turn up the collarbone My favorite winter coat This wind is blowing my mind I see the kids in the street With not enough to eat Who am I to be blind Pretending not to see them Our guest today is Michael Stewart. He has been sober and clean since 1996 from crack and alcohol addiction. One day he came to the realization that God wanted a different path for him. So he accepted Jesus Christ into his life, and now he is embarking on a new journey. Hello, my name is China Myers, and this is The Wow Show. That's short for words of wisdom. Well, I just want to let you know right off the bat, I'm not here to berate you in any way, shape, or form. I'm not here to boss you around or anything like that. But I am here to preach from my heart and give you words of wisdom and try to help you and encourage you in your daily life. Our show today is on addiction. Okay, now I have a guest that's supposed to be coming. Even so, addiction is a problem in America that is really, really hitting home for a lot of people. You know, there's older people that are experiencing, experiencing, experiencing this addiction and younger people, fathers, mothers, children. And it's very sad. It's very sad because I know, and a lot of Christians know, that that is not what God wants for us. Um, what he wants from us is to live like Jesus. Okay, He wants us to be good people and to do you know, good things and, and make proper decisions. Um, we all know this. We all, we all get this, but it's harder said than done. It really is um, for a lot of people. And I get it. I understand totally. But it's something that we still have to try to achieve, you know, to be better people, to live like Jesus, to, you know, follow him. So how do you do this on a daily basis? Well, like I said, it's not easy. But if you just make one step toward being a better person, um, I think each step you take will become a little easier. For a fact, life is hard. It can kick you in the teeth, you know, um, it can knock you down. It, it, it just, sometimes life can really beat you up. And for some people, more than others. But we have to do it. We have to, regardless of all those trials and tribulations and things that are going on in our life, that gets us down, we have to keep moving forward. Now, me personally, I keep moving forward with God's help. It, it's for me, it's the only way. And you're thinking, oh, 
she thinks she's perfect. No, no, I am far from perfect, okay? But every day, I try to be a better person. Every day, I try to look in the mirror, and I try to be the best person that I can be. Do I fail? Oh, man, all the time, you know, all the time. But as I move forward from one thing after another, life, I learn from those things. You know, relationships, uh, you know, who I want to be. You know, I, I learn from all that. You know, so life, I think, is a lesson, you know. It's a lesson that we all have to learn. It's It's a lesson that each time we learn a lesson, we become better people. I think that's how it works. You know, you become a, a, a better human being. You know, would I cut in front of somebody uh, maybe 30 years ago? Yeah, I would have put cut in front of somebody in a line 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I would have rushed, you know, in front of that person and gotten. Now today, would I have, would I do that? No. No. You know why? Because I love God too much. I want God to see me and to see what I've become. And that doesn't mean I won't make mistakes because I will. But consciously, I want to try every day to be a better person. And you can do that too. But you got to start somewhere. You can't say, you know, let's say you want to quit smoking. Oh, I'm going to start next year. You know, oh, um, I'm going to give up those donuts, you know, in 2024. You know, you got to say to yourself that you want to do it and just do it. Hi, Michael. Hi, I've been trying to get in. I don't know how to join this. Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you are on speaker, so everyone can hear you. Now, um, you told me that you became clean and sober in 1996. What happened? What What changed you? What changed me was, well, <clears throat> the 12-year run that I had, um, it got to a point where my father um, had locked the door on me when I tried to go to the to the store that that Mona had, my sister had, and to get money because I owed these guys some money, and they claim they're gonna kill me for thirty bucks. And my father locked the door. That said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So I had to run. So I was on the run, and I wound up going to uh, Bellevue Shelter and. And that's where the process started, you know. Um, but actuality, I asked Mona, my sister, for like five dollars. She said, "Meet me at the church. Meet me at the church." <laughs> I met at the church, and I got into the lobby, and I didn't see her. But two brothers came over to me. Hey, Michael. Hey, you a long time. How you doing? They prayed for me. From that very moment, I knew something had taken. I didn't give up right away, but then that's when the store situation, God just allowed certain things to start transpiring in my life where I had no other choice but to, you know, go seek help. Um, but I remember being on my knees um, upstairs in the crack house, knowing that I should not be where I was. I was getting high and I was tired my head, but thank God I didn't lose my mind. I was on my knees looking for a piece of white rock. And I literally heard my pastor, Bishop Sexton, in the back of 
Wow. And I said, God, if you get me out of this, I will never turn back again. I will never, I will serve you the rest of my life. Wow. And I tell you, um, Kitty, um, those things started happening. And um, I wound up going to Bellwood Shelter, looking for a room. And one day I was just in this hallway in the back reading the Little Green Bible. And I heard a voice say, go to the window. I'm like, what? Who, who said that? Go to the window. A small, sweet voice. So I, there was a window. If you know about Melbourne Shelter, you walk in the, 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 the housing part. There was a window, and God was on line waiting for a bed. I got to the back of the line, and there was maybe six people in front of me. The guy in the window just points back to me and said, you, 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 come here right now. Come in here. Sit down. You a veteran? Yeah, I got a room for right upstairs. So God speeded up my, 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 my process. Wow. And I started seeing God actually working, you know. And I went from Belleville Shelter, and I went to, to Boys Island, and I went to this place called Smyrna Village on North Conduit, over in uh, almost Queens, the end of Brooklyn. And that was a supportive work program. Now, they, if you know anything about Surrounding villages, these places where they call therapeutic communities for drug addicts, uh, try, people trying to get clean. Michael, Michael, hold on one second. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, everyone. This is my guest, Michael Stewart. I'm sorry. I just got so excited. He, I was able to get a hold of him. Um, he's telling his story now um, on addiction. And he's telling everybody how he overcame it. I'm sorry, Michael. You can continue. That, 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 I, I, just, I'm trying to speed up. I know we don't have much time. Yeah, it's but, okay. But I say, from Bellevue Shelter, I went to Samaritan Village. Now, I tell you that while I was in, in transition from Bellevue Shelter to Samaritan Village, I tell you, Kitty, the, 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 the taste. The taste for the drug itself, God had to take the taste out of my belly. Wow. In order for me, I'm about to cry. Wow. In order, in order for me to stay clean and sober. Oh, my God. In order God. for me to hear his voice. In order for me to continue to stay clean. So when he took that, that taste out of my mouth, that allowed me to just move forward. I was so far in the head, but I, didn't want, I had no desire for the drug anymore. Had no desire for alcohol anymore. But then the clean and sober piece had to come. You know, so I went from place to place. Some, the Samaritan Village was had another place called SWP program. That was a place where they would train you, teach you, you know, uh, they have different phases, phase one, two, three, and four. If you do good, let you out after phase two on your own, start working. And that's when I started working at my sister's store, you know, as I got to phase three. So I was doing well. I didn't turn back. I didn't relapse. So that's where the process started. Wow. And then I wound up staying clean two years, but I didn't go back to church until after two years. You kidding me? Yeah, I stayed stayed clean. I was going to these meetings, uh, Narcos, Namas meetings, stuff like that. But somewhere in my my spirit, I knew I wasn't going to stay there. That was a stepping stone for me because my upbringing was in the church. My mom had brought me up in the church as a child. Yeah. All I knew is the church. Yeah. You know, so, 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 but God had his hand on me, even in my addiction. My mother kept us in church. And I know. She, she, <laughs> yeah, she, 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 she did. And, and they say the prayers of the right to avail of much. You know, the prayers over, my mother prayed over children, nieces, nephews, cousins. You know, we may not see the fruit of it at that time, but later, you know, the Bible tells us, train for child the way to go. That when if they depart, they won't depart far. If they go away, they won't depart. They won't go so far. They come back. Yeah. That's what happened with me. You know. Um. Um. So in in, in Village, I stayed there, and I wound up staying there for the whole year. I got out, and I hooked up with a young lady. You know, I wound up going to church, back to church, and when I walked into church, that's when God, I, I God saved me. I re, got reclaimed. You know, I, I got saved. I you were renewed. Life. I was renewed. Yeah. And that was 1999. Wow. I remember September 1999. Wow. When my pastor said, my, well, my pastor's son, he took over uh, one of the ministries. He was pastor.
want to get the life of Christ. And I got up and I went up there and he looked at me and he said, are you sure? I said, yes. He said, let me tell you something. When I lay hands on you, your life is not going to be the same. So Amen. Are you sure? Amen. Are you sure? I said, I'm sure. I'm ready. Yeah. Right. Okay. Make it plain and make it plain and clear. You know, there's no magic in this, but anointing that he had in his life. Amen. I was going to say, what are you doing now with your life? Yes, he does. Exactly. you I want you to look at Mike Matthew 1926 when we're done because you all things are possible with him Generation when the Son of Man shall sit in the 
Ain't that powerful? Ain't that powerful? Yeah. Well, Michael. Amen. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. <laughs> yes, I appreciate you too. Yeah. Yes. Some of us, we've been slipping and sliding, you know, not showing up. Yeah, like that, I know. It has, yeah, it has brought us closer. It yeah. It has brought us closer. Both our parents are gone. Yeah, you I know. know. And, but we have a small family, but we, we love each other. Yes. And whoever's out there listening, I tell you, hold on to God. If you don't know him, you know, um, uh, um, just invite him in your life, you know. Um, if you're struggling with a drug, alcohol, sex perversion, whatever it is, doesn't matter. You know, God can change you. God can fix anything. Mm. He, he, he cannot fail. He won't fail you. He won't fail you. Ever. We failed each other. We failed him. We failed, we failed him. We hit him fail us. Yeah. So I, I, I thank you for the opportunity, cousin. Thank um, you. Thank you. I'm serious. I I really appreciate it. I knew I knew you had a powerful powerful story. And uh listen, you got to keep moving forward. That's all we can do. Yes. Yes. It's all Amen. we can do. But That's it. That's it. All right. If you need me next Saturday whatever. Listen, give me a call and I I'm, I'm willing to participate. Okay. I, I, I have enough to write a book. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Michael. Take care. And remember Matthew nineteen twenty six. All things are possible with God's help. Us as human beings, we can't accomplish so much without God's help. That's just the way it is. So if you believe that and you give yourself over to Jesus, you know, give your life over to him. And tell him that, you know, you want to be forgiven for everything you've done. Doesn't matter if it was 10 years ago. Doesn't matter if it was two minutes ago. You know, you want to be redeemed. You want to move forward in better footsteps. Okay. And how you do that is just by doing that. You wake up one day, you decide to do that. And it becomes a way of life put forth a whole new strategy of who you're going to be. So if you're cheating on your wife or, you know, you're verbally abusive or, you know, you can't keep a job or, you know, you, you know, you're not good to your mom, you know, your mom brought you here. So you should be good to your mom, <laughs> you know, but those things can change if you yeah. want them to. I'm here to let you know that the life you're living might not be the one that God wants for you. Now, I can't tell you if the life you're living is the life God wants for you. You have to be the one to say, hey, this isn't the life God wants for me. I can't look at you and say, hey, you're living wrong. I don't, you know, some people say you you can judge, you should judge, but... I don't, I don't like doing that. And and the reason why I don't like doing that is because who am I? You know, that's like in the Catholic religion, you can't talk to God unless it's through a priest. Who is he? You know, I'm not putting down the cat. Don't listen. Don't think I'm putting down the Catholic religion. I am not. What I'm saying is, is that a priest is just a man or, well, just a man because they don't let women be priests. But 
He's just a human being. Why do I have to go through him? In the Bible, it says, you know, we have to go through Jesus. I get that because we're full of sin. Okay. So because we're full of sin, we can't directly talk to God. We have to go through Jesus. So after each prayer, we say in Jesus name, right? And that's because we're so full of sin. You know, um, God doesn't want to have us close to him like that. Hmm. Maybe sin could run, rub off. Uh, birds of a feather do fly together, right? But anyway, um, the life you live is your choice because God does give us free will, right? He, he lets us do crazy things, you know, and maybe he could put a stop to it, but how would we learn? You know, um, sometimes if your kids are learning to walk, you kind of let them fall so they can get up and learn. Because each time they fall, they're going to go, I don't want to fall anymore. <laughs> you know, they're going to kind of say that to themselves, you know, so they're going to be a little steadier the next time, you know. So I think it's kind of like that, you know, God wants to see, you know, the choices we make and how we grow. But I think, uh, you know, um, the better we get at being better people, the more God could love us, you know, because when we're better people, we're honoring him, you know, we're honoring God. And I don't know about you. I try to honor him every day in little things that I do, you know, um, hold back a curse word, you know, <laughs> you know, hold a door open for somebody. Now you can't get to heaven. They say by good deeds. I'm not, talking about that. I'm talking about just being a decent human being, you know, that's all. And if you look at it, the world is going crazy. You know, people don't care about people anymore. Um, I don't know. I sound nostalgic. I know I do. I sound like my mom, but it's crazy, you know, um, I do anything for love, you know, but some people, they don't care about that. They don't care about relationships, you know, um, it, it's, it's a very cold world, you know, maybe it's because of the internet or I know that sounds crazy, but, um, the internet, um, social media, you know, so, you know, so many distractions. So we're, we're almost like robots. You know, we're just, I don't know. It's crazy. We're losing our humanity. We are. I don't care what anybody says. We're losing our humanity. And you can see it. You can see it in your daily life. You know, um, when you go to work, get on a train, get on the bus, you know, I don't know. Um, I was on the bus one time going to New York and, um, there was this guy, he wanted to pay at the stop. And um, the bus driver said, it's $110 if you wanted to get the round trip. So he said, man, you're killing me. When did that go up? So the guy said, oh, you know, since, you know, COVID, it, you know, went up a little bit. And, um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And so... A lady said to him, now she was just giving information. She wasn't minding his business or anything like that. And she said, um, yeah, it, it's cheaper if you get the round trip. Now, she didn't speak good English. I'm not sure um, what nationality she was. She might have been Romanian or something. But she, she said in a broken, you know, English, um, it's cheaper if you get the the round trip. Well, the guy was like, so mad that she said that he was like, mind your effing business. And, you know, 
but basically she was trying to just, you know, give him some information that the bus driver didn't give him. You know, he could pay for the one, um, just going one way. And I think it was like $60 or something. But if he got, you know, the round trip, I think it was like 103, 111. So she was just trying to tell him, you know, that it was, you know, cheaper if you get the round trip. Well, he took offense to that. You know, he got, he felt some type of way about that. <laughs> he was like, mind your own business. And he, he looked like he was, you know, really mad. So th that's my point. Like, right away, he took offense to that. When if he would have thought about it, he, he should have said, yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Thank you. You know, because the bus driver didn't explain it to him. But, you know, people are quick to anger. And don't get me wrong. I used to be really quick to anger. You know, um, I'll talk a little bit about my book later, you know. But um, when you live on the edge and, you know, you got to make quick decisions and, you know, um, your life is, you know, not good. You're kind of angry about that, you know, so somebody would say, oh, you know, um, it's four o'clock. You're supposed to be here at, you know, three. You know, tell me, you know, right away you get, I used to get like offended, you know. And I realized one day, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be like that. You know, I don't want to be so quick to anger. You know, I got a lot of blessings. I should be happy, right? I should be smiling. But until I realized that, I, w I was quick to anger, you know. Um, but I noticed that in the world today, you know, you go outside and you realize that people are very quick to anger. Um, they they have no empathy. You know, somebody could trip and fall and like, you'll see people just like stepping off. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. And I feel like if we could all like, spread the word, you know, about God, I think, I think that would all end because I really believe, and I'm not an expert, but I really believe the devil likes that, you know, he likes you to be angry. He likes you to be mad. He, he likes you to be the worst human being you could be. He enjoys that. He revels in that, you know, and I guess he feels like, if you do enough bad, he'll get your soul or something. I don't know. I don't know how it goes. What I do know is that the more I live my life a way that was horrible and, you know, out of control, the more I felt like the devil was taking me over, Ripple. if that makes any sense. You know, because I, you know, I, I thought I was doing good. I always had faith, you know, but the choices I were make, was making said otherwise, you know. Um, yeah, I always believed in God, always. Um, in fact, when I would go to church, people, you know, some people know this about me. When I would go to church, I would cry. Now, if my mother would put us on punishment or we, me and my sister did something bad, she would send us to church with, church my with her. Aunt. And that was an all day thing. I mean, seriously, I think we'd go like 10 o'clock in the morning and we'd get done um, probably about 12 at night. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It was crazy. It was all day. And I, they ate there and, they prayed me and they left and they, it was crazy. So my mom went to church, but my mom is Catholic. So Catholic church is a lot different. You know, if you've ever been to a Catholic church, it's a lot different. And um, so the Baptist church, man, you, you felt that, you know, but regardless of what church I went to, um, I would cry, you know, 
and and I cried because oh I just love God so much you know I didn't know what that meant and so um even when I was going through all these trials and tribulations in my life um, I thought I was making the right decisions you know but uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, because <laughs> I really wasn't, you know. When you think about it, if I would have thought about it, I would have realized that then I wasn't making good decisions, you know. God but, helped me through that. All of them, all all the bad decisions I was making, He got me through, you know. Um, He got me to see the error of my ways. You know, and when you think of, when I thought about it, eventually <laughs> a light, a light came on, you know, um, and I realized that, wow, I was just out of control, you know, um, looking for love, you know, that was like. That was that was like a, a road that <laughs> got me in a lot of trouble, you know. But I had to, uh, you know, through God, I gained self-respect and um, I just, he taught me to do things better, you know. So, like I said, life is not easy. I know that. I'm one of those people that know that, you know, maybe some people don't know that, you know, they have a pretty good life and, you know, things are good for them, you know. So I feel for the people that are having a rough time, you know, get up, have faith, move forward, keep going, you know, don't lose sight of what God has planned for you because what he has planned for you is something far better than this world. And no matter the trials and tribulations you're going through, um, you're going to get through them. Now, the thing is, what type of person are you going to be on the other side of that problem? That's what you have to decide. That's that's where the choice comes in, okay? Because if you get sexually assaulted, are you going to go sexually assault people? You know, that's where the choices come in after your trial and tribulation, you know? What did you learn from that? You know, hopefully it's not you didn't learn how to sexually assault people. You know, but believe it or not, some people, that's what they do. You know, I don't, I don't know how the brain works, so I don't know how that happens, but, um, it does, you know, uh, children, they see their parents fighting physically, you know, they grow up, get relationships, they're fighting physically, you know, um, but we have to decide if that's the road we want to go. And it's not easy because it's, it's, it's very easy to just go with the flow. That is one of the easiest things as human beings, you know, it's easy to go with, you know, with the flow. But if you want a different life, you have to choose right. And that is giving your life over to Jesus. Now, I can't say that enough. You know, give your life over to Jesus and decide that you want to do better. You want to live a different life. You know, you want to honor God. And you do that by the choices you make. It is really that simple. It really is. You know, um, 
you don't have to, you know, give all your money to the church or, you know, say 50 Hail Marys. You don't have to do that. You've got to ask God to forgive you and, you know, ask Jesus into your life. You know, um, when you do that, I promise your life is going to change because all this trials and tribulations you're having and, you know, rough times, I'm not saying your life is going to be perfect. What I am saying is that it's going to be different. It's going to be totally different because no matter what happens, you have God. And Jesus will help you in any really way went through some trials and tribulations. And um, yeah, life is life can be really rough and it could be really rough when you get some sort of addiction, you know, um, because that takes you on a whole nother path, you know, um, it really, really makes your life unbearable, but I don't think I've never had an addiction. So, um, but what I do think is that I don't think they realize it. You know, when you're going through a drug addiction or alcohol addiction, any addiction, I, I don't think they realize that, you know, what they're doing. Um, so that makes it really, really hard, you know. But I don't think they realize that their life is hard at they that time. get high, you know. Um, I don't think they realize that they're hurting people, you know, because if... You, uh, if your mom is affected, everybody's going to be affected by it. You know, your mom, your dad, you know, your siblings, your children, if you have children, you know, they're all going to be affected by it. You know, but, um, but I wish I could, you know, help people to realize that, that after you realize what you've done, um, how much better off you would be without that. Cause I think, and I don't know, I'm not an expert, but I think they think that their life is good, you know, or, you know, this feeling is so good, you know, and that that's all that matters. A drug or alcohol or any kind of addiction, um, really I mean, it kills people, you know, sometimes not literally, but literally sometime, of course, you know, um, but it also kills the people you love when you don't live the right way. You can also kill the people you love slowly, you know, cause they see, they see how you're living, you know, you have a wife and or husband and you're, you know, having affairs on them. You know, if your mom sees that, 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 that kills her, you know, cause I'm a mother. I know that would kill me to see, you know, my son or daughter, you know, cheating on, you know, their mate, you know, um, a lot of times kids see it, you know, um, so if my point is, if we can just, as a people, remember I was saying you got to start somewhere. If we can just, before we do something, think about it. And it, it only takes a second, you know, stop and think about what you're doing before you do it. You know, give it some thought. And sometimes you have to, depending on the situation, sometimes you have to give a little bit more thought than, you know, something else. I mean, you might want to eat that third donut, you know, you can give that a little bit of thought. But something serious, give it, give it some thought.
Don't be so quick to get into it or do it. You know, um, think about, would Jesus want you to do that? Would God want you to do that? Because we all have a story, right? Um, basically, you have to ask yourself, what do you want your story to be? Let's just say you're gone. Okay, you're dead and gone. Hopefully, let's say natural causes, right? What do you want your story to be? Right? So when you're gone and you bit the dust, what do they want you, what do you want people to say about you? I mean, you could say, I don't care, I'm gonna be dead. But let's say you did care. Would you want your story to be Barry Johnson was an amazing dad and an incredible husband. And he did everything he could for his family. He always put them first. All his decisions in his life was for his family. And he gave 150% of himself to his family. He lived a selfless life. And he honored them with all his heart. And he gave them all of his love. Wow. Wow. That's a heck of an epitaph, right? <laughs> or, here's the other side. You ready? Barry Johnson was a jerk. <laughs> and he did nothing for anyone. He put himself above his family. He put himself against Wow. His job. That's terrible, right? That is probably the worst story you can have. You know, so how about doing things a little bit different for the time that you have? You know, because God only gives us so much time. And I know this sounds a little kooky, but I, I know this is, you shouldn't say hate, but I hate when people waste my time. You know why? Because God only gives us so much and then it's over. It's done. You're six feet under. Yeah, okay, well, if I did good, you know, I'm going with God and I'm sitting on the right hand of God. Yeah, yeah, hopefully that turns out true, you know, but I don't want to waste the time I have here. So I really hate when people waste my time. So when you waste time, you're losing the precious moments that God has given to you to change your life or say you're sorry or find love or I don't know, take up cooking. <laughs> you know, all those things God has given you the opportunity to do. And you don't want to waste it on bad crap. I'm just going to put it bluntly. You don't want to waste your life on stuff you shouldn't be doing. 
and you know the stuff you shouldn't be doing. If a pretty girl walks past you, you're not supposed to be looking at her. You have your wife. You're supposed to only see her. No, I'm not dead. Well, yeah, you're not dead, but you that's not how you honor your wife or vice versa. That's not how you honor your husband because women do it too. I when I I don't see anybody but my husband. He is the most handsomest man in the world to me. Okay? Everything about him is perfect. That's what I see. The beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. No, I honor him. Like I honor God. I honor God by thinking about the things I do before I do them. If we could just do that on a daily basis, think about the moves we make, the decisions we do. I think we could start to be better people. Hey everyone, addiction is a serious thing. But that doesn't mean you are a bad person. Good news is that God loves you. And if you give your life over to Jesus Christ, the changes you'll need to obtain a different path can make your journey a lot smoother. Thank you for listening to the first episode of The Wow Show. I hope your mind is now full of words of wisdom for your soul. And I want to say thank you I was lost and you found me I was dead inside and you breathed into me And you brought these bones alive I want to say thank you Thank you for saving me Thank you for loving me unconditionally Stood with open arms